Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jaron Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I don't think you can make statements, you know, versus a team like this, you know, the defending champs. Um, they've they've been down this road before, but, you know, we, we just have to worry about ourselves, honestly. And, you know, just come in with the, you know, ready to play for a full 48 minutes. And then that's it. I didn't hear all of it. Was it uh, Anthony sounded, Davis? I'm guessing. He sounded pretty bummed. Right uh, playoff was- matchup. Wrong player. Oh, then it wasn't LeBron then? Wrong team. That wasn't LeBron, was it? So then that was Phoenix? It's kind of wrong team, too. Yeah, kind of wrong Wait, team. what are you doing? <laughs> really wrong team. So it was Phoenix. This was Phoenix? Yes. He sounded disappointed. Was that Paul? Chris Paul? No. Dunn Booker? Yes. There it is. Finally got there. <laughs> Be a little happier. You I know. the Lakers. I thought you're, for you're sure it was Davis. Davis, Davis had come out and said like yeah. they should blame themselves he played awful right yeah. 13 points or something because he played just a little bit of that maybe i just misheard it he sounded like he was pretty bummed i don't think you can make statements you know versus a team like this you know the defending champs uh, <laughs> i guess okay. that's okay. 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 Probably should listen to a little more <laughs> okay we yeah, missed the first, off. first yeah. few words yep there it is <laughs> hey that's a ton booker okay we, we gotta top, stop telling stories and breaks oh but it's too fun brent <laughs> see this is, why, this is why we gotta get like the Patreon where you can like sign up for like the, the behind the scenes, <laughs> Patreon, yes. here's, the, the, the stuff that's too hot to air on radio. The, here's the yeah the money making idea is we start a second podcast called Off the Air Action Sports Off the Air yep. and it's just the random things we but talk see, about. See, I think it's got to be Patreon because some of the things that we discuss, you yeah. know, you better be paying for it. Well, yeah, we yeah. want something in return. Yeah, yeah, uh, no doubt. Because probably getting fired at some point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Football at five. Uh, Brent Austin Coos here on a Monday. Hope you're doing well. Hope you had a good weekend. Phil Mickelson continues to be a big story. Good one for the old guys. Uh, just talked a little bit about Brooks Kepka. Go, go uh, a little football talk here. Mm-hmm. And the Jaguars, this is a great series Jags have, the, the hunt. Uh, and it's behind the scenes look. Jaguars.com puts it on. I uh, tweeted about it last week. We've shared it before. And, uh, there's a lot of storylines, like pro football talk coming out, and other stories have been written off this episode of where the Jaguars show, like, Shad Khan putting up Trevor Lawrence's name on mm-hmm. their draft board. Like, it says, like, basically pick one, mm-hmm. round one, and then pick round one, pick 25, and it's Travis Etienne and Urban Myers putting it up. So it's just part of the process, kind of cool scene, mm-hmm. uh, some cool video. But in that process, if you freeze frame – some of those images, you can see all these numbers next to players, like who Waddle ends up going to, the Dolphins, right? Yeah. Uh, and what his – like there was all these numbers like height, weight, 40 time, and then other numbers. Mm-hmm. Well, so the narrative coming out of this video is that everybody peeked in on the numbers of some, and some say Waddle's grade was as high as Trevor Lawrence's grade. And I just feel like this whole thing is a little bit overblown. I, I think this is overly dramatic for a couple of reasons. Somebody asked me on Twitter about it. I said, listen, I don't know what some of these numbers mean. I have no idea. I would imagine to each team they, they do it a little bit different. I'm sure there's like, – if I asked some GM in Atlanta what these numbers mean, I bet they could tell me. Correct. But I also think there's probably a different twist, and who knows how Urban Meyer 
and and it well, helps build this thing. Trent Polky's team probably builds a lot of it, but well, and who knows like how accurate this even is per se. You know, you like it could have put anything for theatrics. up there. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that's the case. I think okay. they got the video at the time. Okay. I, I don't think they were bringing Shad Khan back in the room to do this. I got is you. my point. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, well, so I understand what you're saying, mm-hmm. but I just don't. Let's just take the Waddle Trevor Lawrence comparison. Here's my my take on it. There's this number like 8.0, which is what appears to be the draft grade. Mm-hmm. And so people are like, well, Waddle had the same grade as Trevor Lawrence. Well, I don't think that's true. I think what happened is you grade the position. Sure. And so Trevor Lawrence got an eight with quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I think Waddle had an eight as well with receivers. Yeah. And well, I think Travis Etienne's number was seven. So was there another running back ahead of him? Did they view him as a receiver and therefore Kadarius Tony or even Awado was maybe graded ahead of him? Mm-hmm. That certainly could have been the case. Mm-hmm. So I, I just I don't know, but I but I think it's kind of funny to see all the reaction to it. And what does it mean anyway? Who cares if Waddle was ranked as high as Trevor Lawrence? Well, see, and that's the thing though. I mean, was it? Like, do you get the sense that Waddle was the best wide receiver of the draft, or would you put Jamar Chase over? Well, I, I could easily knock Jamar Chase down. Listen, going okay. into last year, I'd say Jamar Chase was going to be the guy, but I could easily knock him down a little bit, and Waddle is certainly talented enough to fit in the category. Yeah. But what do, would you knock Chase down for? Well, he didn't play at all. Mm-hmm. So does that scare you a little bit? He played as part of that great offense at LSU when the last you saw him. Does that scare you a little bit? Waddle, does it scare you a little bit that he got hurt? You know, so I don't know, but mm-hmm. is it really that far-fetched that they thought Waddle was a better receiver than Jamar Chase? No, I don't think so. Yeah, I, mean, I guess not. Um, yeah, listen, I, I have no idea. You, you, you could speculate, but it could mean a, a various – I mean, it could have been a ranking based off of, I don't know, knee – I don't know. There's just – there's a lot of things that it could have been. Um, it's hard to speculate on. It's like, and I, I'm trying to go back right now because I'm trying to. Cause I saw it on my cell phone, but I'm trying to screen cap it on the large screen see if I can see any more details. Because now I'm curious. But I mean, does in the big picture, I'm trying to. What I'm trying to figure out, man. Like it's cool behind the scenes stuff. I'd love to know what all the numbers mean. Yes. Like I just I have a curiosity now. But what I don't understand is if X player was you only get two picks in the first round. Like you can have a lot of good players ranked in similar fashion. But you're only taking two players, yeah. and you got to take what's left on the board. So is it really that far-fetched that some players were ranked in the same category? I don't think so, but I also don't think I care that much. Like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I think there's a little food for thought on the Zach Wilson stuff, right? If Zach Wilson wasn't – some people speculate because of those numbers, wasn't ranked nearly as high. But So was he like the fifth quarterback off the board for the Jags? Like. I don't know. Do you what, also does that get, matter? Do you get the sense too? I mean, was it were they just going over? Like, so I'm kind of confused here. So, could the draft have like already been going on when he put these things up? And it's like, all right, Waddle went to Miami, so like that's the guy that we had our eye on, but now he's gone, so we put him into Trevor Lawrence because that was a guy that was on the list. It was more the number. That's what happened. It's on that board, but it's yeah. more the number on the on the um, piece of paper or magnet for okay. this case that what it says, okay. and, and that's what people are debating and, and are curious about. I got you. I, I'm just really having a hard time finding the value in the story. Yeah. <laughs> Other than a curiosity. No, I mean, <laughs> we, we love to speculate about everything. Uh, I get it. Um, I'm not going to lose sleep about it, I'll be honest with you. 
Like, I'm trying to go back to the moment that it happened just so I can break it down one more time, but, like, I'm not going to lose sleep regardless. Yeah, I, I wasn't even going to bring this up. I just was like, I see it being talked about so much, and pro football focus, uh, I'm sorry, pro football talk is one that tweeted it out that kind of got everybody talking about it. What I, I'm actually just as curious is now internally are there people ticked off that it was up there and they let it slip? I tell you this, I know for a fact that when you make something like that, it goes through layers of approval. Mm-hmm. The Jags just don't have somebody edit that and it goes out. Yeah. There's layers of approval there to get, well, plus, okay, is this okay to go out there? So, there it's also mean, after the fact now. Like, it doesn't yeah. really matter if you know who, you're gonna, who you want to take or not. Four people would have had to say, yeah, that's okay to go out there. Yeah. Right? And we've also had a head coach that came out and said many times Kadarius Tony was his guy. So I don't think they're going to, you know. Yeah, and what's what it was interesting to me there, Austin, is he said he what was the word? I was heartbroken, right? Yes. When Kadarius Tony. Yes. But now I wonder if that was a little bit of a, a smokescreen and some love to the Gator or whatever, because really it's if the if Waddle was ranked as high as he was ranked, his heart broke when Waddle got picked. <laughs> You know what I mean? True, true. <laughs> so yeah. it's just, I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I think it's kind of funny. It's a, it's a funny thing. Um, it's cool that we go behind the scenes. And in reality, there's no difference. You see, Mike Silver's written these articles in the past. Peter King, I thought, was going to write more of this kind of article in Jacksonville mm-hmm. this draft time. You see it all the time where, um, you know, in these post-draft articles, teams are like, well, we really like this guy, this guy, this guy, but they got picked ahead of us. I mean, what's the difference if you saw – three names on their draft board that might indicate, hey, you know what? They liked Waddle. They liked X player. They liked this player. Well, that's no different than an article being written about you on draft day taking you a little bit behind the scenes. We just kind of got a glimpse of it. And the funniest thing is we have no idea if the what if we're right about what these numbers even mean. Like, so, I just don't think people have any idea. So it's interesting here because I'm seeing this tweet. I'm looking at it. So it appears... So there's another screenshot of where it shows Waddle. So it's, it's the Dolphins who they took, which yeah. makes sense. Okay, so he's got they got Waddle. Yeah, they're they just keeping Jaylen track Phillips, of the board. Javon Holland. So they gave Jalen Waddle an 8.0. If you go off of the NFL Network, NFL.com grading scale, 8.0 is the highest that you can take. And 8.0 calls it the perfect prospect. 7.0. Five to seven point three is a perennial All Pro talent. Seven point one to seven is a is a Pro Bowl talent, day one starter, and so on. So eight point zero, according to this. Now, once again, I'm not sure um, how accurate it is, but it does have the same color scheme as what they're using on the board because there's different colors for each thing. And so, where did this one come from? This is according to the NFL Network. Dot com grading scale, okay. whatever that means. So if their scale somewhere now again, they have people like Daniel Jeremiah that worked in scouting departments and maybe they all follow a similar thing so So, i'm not saying that's false no for sure uh the 8.0 though is the highest grade and the description is as follows performs at the highest levels the league has ever seen at this position possesses elite physical traits and skill rare college production very durable and lives for the game the grade is close to unattainable so take that for how you want. I don't know how much I'm buying into this or not, but this is according to the NFL grading scale, so NFL.com. Here's what's fascinating, okay? Let's just say everybody's right about the numbers, and, and that's mm-hmm. the scale they're going off. And Trevor Lawrence is an eight, and so is Waddle, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, well, first of all, guess what? They got one of those guys that has an eight. <laughs> like, they got sure. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. So it doesn't matter who else they got at the quarterback. Yeah. What I think is the fascinating part, this is what I would be – This if this story turns into information – this next bit of information, and and we can we can get it. I'd be fascinated. 
Yeah. How close were the Jags of trying to move up to get Waddle before yeah. the Dolphins picked him? Like, why, if they felt, if they really did feel that good about Waddle, because we said this going into the draft, Austin, who has to slip down to 14, 15, 16, where maybe the Jags take that some of that capital and move up? Mm-hmm. Well, if they really liked Waddle that much, why didn't they jump up to number 15 or yeah. 16? And maybe they tried. You know, maybe they tried and maybe nobody wanted to dance with them or maybe the right compensation didn't make sense to them. But if they really felt that strongly about one of the players, I would like that. That would be a cool answer to find out if the numbers add up and if the narrative of, hey, Waddle was graded as high as Trevor Lawrence and all this stuff and they really loved him. That's the part that if you can get me that bit of information, I'll take it because I think that would be pretty interesting. Well, if you really want to buy in the conspiracy theory here, you want to make a big deal about it, I would almost go down to even more of a bigger news as Javon Holland's safety second round, where they gave him a 6.8. And a 6.8 is a year quality one starter. So then it begs the question, well, if you gave him, he's going to start year one, then where the heck was Trevon Merrick? Because you obviously must have had him lower if, if it's, it's, it's a starter. So that's interesting as well. Well, and and to that point, if you want to like Cisco, I think was pretty high on their board too. But uh, Merrick was somebody that I think it was either Balky or Meyer actually mentioned by name mm-hmm. after they picked Cisco mm-hmm. or or on that weekend, maybe wrapping up the draft. He actually mentioned Merrick, very good player, you know, talented, all this stuff. So like was under consideration. I don't think I ever met, brought up Holland in that kind of conversation, but where they rank those guys would have been an interesting um, then, deal. But then they also had Phillips at a 7.5, which is pretty impressive. Uh, Jalen Phillips yeah. out of Miami. Yeah, they, which is a perennial all-pro possible. If you believe in this list or not. Yeah, so like, yeah. it's just, here's the thing. I would think everybody's boards look like this. Mm-hmm. Guess what? They have grades like, there are 15 players we love. Guess what? We only have one pick in the top 15. No, for sure. <laughs> you for sure. Yeah, one of them. But so. then, it, I mean, it, it begs the question, what what was Tony at and what was Travis Etienne at? Yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Like that, that, and Etienne is at a 7. What's the 7 on the scale again? Just give us a sense of how they oh, feel. Oh, he's on a 7? He was a 7. If you, if you go by this, it could be a, a Pro Bowl talent day one starter. That's how strongly they feel about him. He's a first-round guy. Yep. You know, we're looking at it from a change-the-offense kind of guy and a mm-hmm. uh, weapon for him to use. But long-term, that's how their scouting department, potentially, if yes. that scale is if, correct if and if they fall in line scale. with that scale. Do you have the other guys? Be. What they were? Because I can't remember how the show went down. I, you just I saw ETN? I think it was just a couple of them that we got a glimpse of. Okay. It, it wasn't like all of them okay. out there. Okay. Um, unless I didn't look. When I'm curious. Yeah. But I watched the episode. I didn't stop it and zoom in like everybody else did. I sure, saw sure, it. Sure, sure. And it was notable to me like that. Wow. Okay. They're getting a little bit like that board is sacred, you know. Yes. Like that is a sacred thing. But it's a sacred thing kind of before the draft, you know. And, and after the draft, I'm not sure really how much it matters that much. We can keep the scoreboard, but are we going to keep the scoreboard on the field anyway? Like if the Jags could have had somebody else at 28 that went 28, we're going to let them know all about that for the next five years anyway true. if he outperforms ETN. True, true, true. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, you're right. So, I mean, it doesn't really matter what that number says at the end of the day. That's the thing that's kind of interesting to me uh, coming off of uh, uh, the weekend. Oh wow, yeah, because they got Cisco here. Okay, so see now, now I'm now I'm now, now I'm injury. Now, now you're they got, they got the things right here. So Cisco's a six point nine, um, and then Jay Tufeli is a six point four. Well, that's a heck of a grade for a fourth round pick. Yep. Right. Yep. If it goes by that scale. Which yeah, do you buy into that or not? Value. Value. And and here's another thing too. If they're in the red, this person says, which makes sense. If they're in the red, that means that they're coming off an injury. Wow, there you go. So maybe they use that scale. Maybe this is a scale. Maybe we just unlocked the golden ticket here. Interesting. I again, but even if we did, 
that's good information to have, but what does it mean? Well, <laughs> it, it means exactly who's going to be starting. Like, so, for instance, if we go off the scale, Andrew Cisco, 6.9, that means that he's a year one quality starter. That's, okay. that, that's where they evaluated him. But uh, as a, what pick was he? Was he 60? 65. Five, right? Yes. Well, but doesn't kind of being in the top 65 picks kind of indicate that to us anyway? I didn't need that scale to say that. Yeah, you're right. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it basically was Quincy Williams that, you know? Well, now that's fair. Like, if we could get them all for the rest of the, the picks that have ever sure. <laughs> gone. Yeah. yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. But, like, don't you think in a way, like, they almost maybe wanted this out there? This kind of shows you this, how they look at a guy like Toffelli and the value that they got for him at pick number whatever. Yep. Right? What was that, 106 or something? Yep. So. By the way, Walker Little is a year one quality starter as well, obviously. And where he went at 45, you would think that, right? Mm -hmm. He drops down because of the injury. So, again, I I just don't know, like, can we be too surprised? It's fascinating to look at. I understand that. Mm Mm-hmm. I just don't like. I don't know what narrative we're trying to build, especially with the Waddle one. That's the one I saw a lot. It's like Waddle's graded the same as as Trevor Lawrence. Well, is he really? I mean, the quarterback's way more valuable than the wide receiver. So no, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> and and by the way, like, you, are you trying to suggest that there was conversation between taking Trevor Lawrence or Jalen Waddle? <laughs> like we all know that wasn't the case. No, for sure. <laughs> like I said, if you just go up the list, he was a top prospect in his uh, his position. Not yeah. said. Yeah, interesting. Very uh, pretty interesting. wild. Yeah. Uh, hey, got something for you, real quick. Um, I tweeted about this over the weekend. If you think of dominating athletes mm-hmm. at their sport right now, where does your mind go? Dominating athletes at their sport. So uh, any kind of sport we can. Yeah, like, like uh, Khabib, right? Khabib. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. now he's now retired. retired. But uh, yeah. he retired undefeated. Correct. So dominating MMA, athlete. bam. Yes. That's fine. Okay. Uh, are we going sport by sport here? We don't have to go. I'm just starting. Who comes to mind okay. that dominates for- right now in the modern day? Like, Tiger Woods doesn't dominate right now. He did, no, 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 but he no, doesn't. No, no, no. Like, like Shohei Otani, I mean, he's kind of dominating right now. I mean, that could fit. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, Otani, for, for football, I mean, I get it. He had a rough Super Bowl a little bit, but you still have to go Patrick Mahomes. I think he he's the dominating quarterback at most important position. Very hard sport to dominate. Yep. Right? Um, and also Aaron Donald as well, just because you can't block him, so that's dominating. Um, NBA <sighs> NBA is tough because there's a lot of names you can go with. Yeah. I don't know if there's one right now. Again, given the age of LeBron and yeah, I mean I would say Giannis, but like even Giannis, like there's times where he's not dominant. I don't know. The NBA is hard. Let's go like, back to that listen, one. Serena Williams was in this conversation. Oh, yeah, right? yeah. Oh, uh, the, the gymnastics girl who just did the... Well, the, the and that's qua- exactly where I'm going. The, what was it? So, what do they call it? Yeah, she's dominant, obviously. So that's where I'm going with it. Yeah. And that's what I tweeted. I don't know. You, you might have missed that over the week. Simone I saw Miles. her do it. Yeah. But I said, Simone Biles, in my opinion, is the most dominating athlete we have in sports right now. Hmm. Like, she is the most... I don't know if it's more fun to watch a more dominating player or athlete yeah. than her. You know, Usain Bolt, by the way, brings us up. It's not a mainstream sport, but we'd kind of all tune in when Usain Bolt ran. Sure. Right? He was dominating. Phelps. It was unbelievable. Phelps was like that in was swimming, TV. right? Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how sometimes those ath- the athletes, even in the sports that aren't mainstream in our world, I, I put in quotes, mm-hmm. you still lock in to watch them. Absolutely. Well, Simone Biles 
And by the way, gymnastics in, in Summer Olympics is such a huge deal anyway. Oh, yeah. So big time that everybody does tune in. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, nobody tunes in for 47 months. What is it? <laughs> no, for sure. For that month. What is it about women's gymnastics? Because well, to me, Summer Olympics, it's women's gymnastics. It used to be swimming and, and, and like track. It's yeah. ice skating well, in the Winter Olympics. Yeah. But it's, it's women's gymnastics is like the must-see thing. It is. It's yeah. the marquee event yeah. of the, the way, Olympics. The, the men's Olympics are just like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Gymnastics. Yeah, well, okay. it's wild, right? And, yeah. I mean, from... Mary Lou Retton to now Simone Carrie, Biles. Carrie Strug. Yeah, they've all. You can name gymnasts. That's yeah. the point, right? Um, I, I, I and, can't name one male gymnast. And, and by Sorry. the way, figure skating is like that too. True. Where the women's figure skating is like the dominant event. True. And there are a lot of uh, great events, and yeah. I think it's somewhat debatable and arguable. But go look at the ratings, okay? Yeah. And I'll tell you that gymnastics it's in prime time, and figure skating it's in prime time for a reason. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the most odd dynamics like we have, because nobody else really, well, I'm going to say nobody, but nobody else watched it in prime time the other 47 months between the Olympics. That's true. No one's like really tuning in for the world championships per se. But Simone Biles has changed, she is doing things that like men are doing yeah. and no women are doing. Mm-hmm. Like, And she is so entertaining to watch to begin with. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, holy cow. Yeah. Like, how many times do you watch people in athletics and you're like, holy cow. Like, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. Hard to do this day and age. We've almost feel like we've seen it all. That's what made Phil Mickelson winning such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Not like he hit the shot that we've never seen. That a 51-year-old guy just won a major. Yeah. Hadn't seen it. Yeah. Well, what Simone a- Biles to me, and she's so much ahead of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's even that conversation in her sport that it's almost unfair because she's, at a, a, from a degree of difficulty standpoint, she's in her own league, in well, her own world. And degree of difficulty is an important part of judging gymnastics. For sure. And when you talk about a sport like gymnastics where you have to be the, the uber athlete, where you have to have the athleticism, the core strength, uh, the mobility, the flexibility, all this stuff. I mean, she's at the top of her game in a sport that really defies what an athlete, in my opinion, is. Like, if you see a gymnast, it's like, okay, you, you've never had a carb in your entire life, it seems like. You're yep. absolutely shredded out of your mind, with all due respect to me. I mean, that in, in the positive way. But it's like the, the strength and the speed that she has, it's insane. Yeah, I think if you sit back and wonder now, you can take any sport you want. I just don't think we have a more dominating athlete, men, right now. Or, yeah. men or woman, in sport. Like her. And and maybe you can find one. There might be yeah. one in the running world. There might be one in the bowling world. There might be one in the bull riding world. There might be one that I'm not thinking about. But I, I watch There's, these Twitter videos yeah. and I watch these clips of, of Simone Biles and I am captivated by not only her ability but her dominance. Like nobody is coming close to what she's doing. It yeah. would be like Tom Brady throwing 60 touchdowns and the rest of the league throwing 30. Yeah, like that yeah. doesn't happen. Yeah. Like, that's why Patrick Mahomes isn't necessarily dominating the sport. See, Otani's kind of dominating the sport because he's doing something nobody else is doing. Yeah. He's hitting and he's pitching at a high level. So the only other sport that comes to mind is Formula One, one racing and Lewis Hamilton. Because what Lewis Hamilton is doing, because the guy either wins or he gets second like every single race. And I think he's got the, I think he's tied right now for championships with Schumacher, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. He's, he's going to break it. I mean, the guy's super young. But once again, like you have the car, you you have Mercedes Benz behind you, and nobody can beat them. It's just Simone Biles and the work that she's put in. Yeah. So like advantage in my opinion, Simone Biles. Yeah. Lewis Hamilton's very like, impressive. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. But it's not like she's using a different balance beam or a vault. No, no. I mean she's 
right? <laughs> it's, it's a fair competition. Yeah. Yes. So, anyway, I just thought that was interesting over the way. And get ready for it. I mean, the Olympics yep. are coming up, and there will be a lot of Simone Biles talk. As there should be. Uh, once again, I think she's fascinating mm-hmm. and uh, electric. And we love that in sports. It doesn't have to shoot, man. It could be a chess player. Oh, yeah. But we love that part of sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and it defies what everybody else can do. Yeah. Like, you know, that's what's interesting about you. You play you, you MMA, National Football League. Mm-hmm. You couldn't do what she does. No. That's what's unbelievable, no. right? No, I'm not crazy. <laughs> I'm talking about I can't. Yeah. I'm not going not gonna to project, like, vault myself. No, there's no way. It's, Very few people can do hurt that. myself. Nobody no. in, in, can I do what she's doing. I would a hamstring sprinting down to the vault. <laughs> no. Uh, all right, we'll be back. Action she could probably checks. throw a punch, too. Oh, she probably good. She got the core strength. Ashes Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Coming back here on a Monday. Brent Martineau. Never heard of what happened in Iowa yesterday, and I don't even know how to pronounce the name of it. Derecho. Austin Lane. Iowa State Cyclones. You should call them the Derechos. You can shorten it up, call them the Chos. Why not, man? I'm into it. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. But for look, Russell Wilson's very, again, another thing Pete Carroll said there, Russell Wilson knows everything he says and what it means. Uh, so uh, I, I don't think he's going to be the kind of guy who's going to be in a position where if things are going poorly, he's going to try and make it worse. I think he's going to do everything he can to make sure that, that they have the best chance possible. And I think they will. I think they'll compete in a tough division. They, they seem, seemingly always do. Uh, so I, I think this, I, I, my expectation is this gets put on the shelf until next offseason. I think that was Graziano. What was he talking about? Russell Wilson. We're still talking about Russell Wilson? I guess so, man. What are we just like? Sorry, dude. I'm, see, now, are we spinning, are we just, now you have me in gymnastics. Issues? Now you have me down a rabbit hole of gymnastics real quick. So tell us what so you So this is out. crazy. So the, the New York Times put out this article. So with Simone Biles, because, you know, she attempted something that no woman has ever done before. And I'm trying to pronounce So it's the Yurchenko double pike. First time she's ever done it. Uh, it's ever been done, you know, whatever. They scored it a 6.6, which is actually really low. And the whole theory is because is they don't want women attempting this because it's so dangerous. So in doing so, they're actually taking the score down because they don't want to see this, they're I trying guess, to in competitions. It. They're trying to discourage it, yeah. Because it's uh, people get hurt. Correct. Potentially. Correct. So, yeah. Well, that's stupid. Yeah, I, I I understand the logic in it, but I think it's dumb. So, but I guess she knew this though as well because this the, the, they assign the, the start values before she even goes out, yeah, right? Yeah, so she, there's she there's knew. a maximum amount of points. Degree of difficulty Correct. Was, yeah. They assign this move, which is obviously very hard and it's a dangerous move, one of the lowest start values, knowing that she's going to try it. Yeah, but she she kind of did it to go a little bit make history. Of course, of course, right? And by the way, the the leader that she was rocking it had a goat on it uh, on the back. <laughs> So say no more, Simone Biles. You know, do what you got to do. I don't know. I haven't looked it up, but Simone Biles cashing in on the endorsements. Yes. Yeah. She's. Uh, I saw her in a commercial with the dude from um, Queer Eye. Um, what's what, what's the oh uh, Uber Eats? Oh, she was Uber in Uber Eats. Uber Eats. Yeah, she's in Uber Eats. Yes. Yes. Uh, all right. Hey, uh, I think you mentioned Pike. I think that's a fish. Uh, I think you, degree of difficulty. Up north, yeah, yeah, it would be a fish. Degree of difficulty, <laughs> uh, very high on the waters yes. over the last week and a half or so. Hopefully, getting better. Let's bring in our 
Florida Sportsman Fishing Report with Rick Rouse right now. I hope you had a good weekend, man. Brandon, how are you? Good. How's the water? Good deal. Uh, it's a whole lot better than it was last week, I promise you. Really, really nice ocean. Started out a little nasty, but got better and better and better as the day went on. And it's going to be a beautiful start. Johnson, both Jody Lynn boats today had good catches of mahi, had about a dozen apiece with a couple of tunas and a wahoo thrown in. Josh Green and myself were on the seven today. We had 14 mahi and could have had more. There were plenty to be caught for the first time all year long. And the best news is I like the way our weather's shaping up for the whole rest of the re- week, Brad. I tell you, all the guys that were cussing the weather last week are loving it this week. There is going to be a pile of fish caught this week as we come out of this next full moon. I tell you, we're going to be back tomorrow, but I'm predicting it's going to be another great report. And as always, it'll be brought to you by Workman's Quick Fix Plumbing. Thanks, Rick. Have a good night, man. We appreciate it. Uh, Rick Rouse, hopefully with a good forecast for the week of uh, fishing. Make sure you check out uh, all the reports for the Sportsman Fishing Report right here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. 515 usually on uh, ESPN 690. Catch the show Saturday morning, 7 o'clock until 9 o'clock on ESPN 690. You notice I have my uh, Red Sox shirt on. I see today. you. Yes, yes, of course. Well, them. This is kind of like maybe the last day I could support the first place Red Sox. Brent, have one more confidence in your team, though, huh? It's been a nice run. We're 50 yeah. games into the Major League Baseball season. Yeah, this has those been, Rays. been highly unexpected. Yeah. The Tough Rays the have won 11 in a row, mm-hmm. and we still held off the Rays mm-hmm. up until this point. Yes. Uh, but the Rays just won in extra innings and now have taken a half a game lead. And the Yankees are sitting right there one game back. So we're in dangerous Stantless, territory. Though. Stantonless. Yeah. Uh, there, there's been a little separation between Toronto mm-hmm. and um, the other three. Baltimore is going to be Baltimore. And Baltimore actually got off to a better start this year. Played better ball, but still, they're Baltimore. They can't hang with the, those guys. you, you got to remember now, the Red Sox were picked easily fourth and some people fifth yeah. in that division. Like, they're supposed to be terrible this year. They have outperformed. Alex Cora doing a great job as manager once again. Let me ask you this. Biggest disappointment so far in Major League Baseball? Minnesota Twins? Absolutely. It's got to yeah. be. And that's my man Rocco Baldelli. I hate to say it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's got to be the biggest disappointment. I think there are good stories. The Orioles, again, I think have done okay. Uh, they're starting to slide now. Uh, they've lost six in a row, and so have the Blue Jays, by the way. Kansas City Royals hanging around, I think, mm-hmm. is a nice story. I don't think anybody saw them right around 500. Uh, another disappointing year, by the way. Minnesota's disappointing, but so is Los Angeles. I mean, the Angels, they have the two best players in the game, and I know one's on the shelf right now, but they still find themselves seven and a half games back. Yeah. So they just can't find a way to win. Whatever They've tried a lot of different things. The Angels, I pick them every year to kind of this is the year to make the run, and they just don't do it. So uh, they've been disappointing. Uh, you look around, the Mets lead the NL East, the Cardinals uh, in the Central, and everybody's in that. Even the Pirates are, are only eight Careful. games back. Careful, They're man. not really in it. Yeah, I would say on, Cincinnati's not really in it. <laughs> Thank you, Brent. Let's come on. And then, again, you're talking about a San Diego Padres team that's won nine in a row. Yeah. Tampa's won 11 in a row. The Padres have won nine in a row. Tampa won 11 in a row, just got into first place this afternoon because mm-hmm. the Red Sox are idle. Yes. And the Padres have won nine in a row. And all that is, it's good enough to have a one-game lead over the Dodgers, the Dodgers. who have won seven well, in and, a row. And the Giants playing a good brand of baseball right now, too. They've been very good West until is... they got swept by the Dodgers yeah. this week. So the, yeah. now you got to wonder, is this the start of both the Red Sox we are who they thought they were. and the Giants kind of slipping a bit? They've already mm-hmm. outperformed, I think, the way a lot of people thought they'd be. 
But uh, the sunshine and rainbows brought to you by A1A Solar is the Red Sox have had a good run in first place. And hopefully we'll get back to the top of the mountain soon. <laughs> but uh, the AL East, the NL West, fascinating divisions. The Central always is fascinating yeah, in the NL. And I think the NL East is pretty good, except I, I just think I don't know who's very good there. But what about the Athletics still in first place, 28 and 20? They're always like that always team do that's it, man. yeah, always do it. With and Houston's going to be who? right there. I don't, I, I can't even name like three athletics players. I'll be honest no. with you. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, they're still doing the dang thing. Chapman's still playing for them, I think. Right? I mean, he's yeah. a pretty good player for yep. their third. But uh, yeah, the the Oakland A's have done it again. Uh, Sunshine and Rainbows brought to you by A1A A Solar every day here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. I've got some Sunshine and Rainbows for you. How about need a good paying job with flexible work schedule and benefits? A1A A Solar is looking for you. Seventy thousand dollars, a reasonable first year expectation. If you're looking for a job, seventy thousand dollars, reasonable expectation at A1A A Solar. Visit A1A Solar dot com. A tremendous company voted best places to work in jacksonville recently and was a veteran-owned business of the year be part of an awesome company a1a solar visit a1a solar.com let's put a bow on the show when we come back here on a monday talk a little more football to close things out on espn 690 what we were reminded of once again is that for all athletes If you spend your lifetime demonstrating to the fans that you care about them, they will love you forever. And that is a lesson that I hope all sports people will take from this weekend. Not just that Phil did what he did at the age of 50, which is remarkable and historic and wonderful. And from a purely sporting standpoint, meaning from what it meant for the game of golf itself, it's obviously extraordinary. He sets the record. He is now the oldest major champion in the history of the sport and will be, I think, for a very long time. But to me, that isn't even the most important thing that happened. The most important thing that happened to me was the love that came back in his direction. And that happened for one reason and one reason only, because he has earned it. Mike Greenberg on Phil Mickelson. I, I don't know if there's a lot more to say on Phil Mickelson. It's a, it's one for the old guys. I got two Another text messages about guys. this, and one of my friends actually wanted me to ask you the question. And I didn't want to do it because I don't want to give him. I, I, just don't, I don't want to. It's whatever. Do you know what kind of shades Phil Mickelson was rocking? Because Phil Mickelson's sunglasses was trending yesterday on Twitter. <laughs> oh, it was? Yes. And nobody's like, literally nobody knows what kind of shades that guy's rocking. And trust me, I've Googled it. I've I've tried to dive deep and I cannot find the solution. I can't. I'm not sure. I don't. I, I yeah. know that's CBD gummies chomping on. Oh yeah. Uh, oh did yeah. You see what hey, uh, big hey, wad hey, in there too. Careful now. All right, we're we're a sports show. Apparently, we can't. Sometimes you know. Oh, you're not allowed to say that. All right. Did you see what <laughs> gum? Hey, I'm sorry. I wish I could endorse it, but the, you know, the bubblicious <laughs> was really strong. There for Phil. Uh, put him in the zone. I don't know where the sunglasses go. I haven't read up on the sunglass thing, but yeah. it's like, that's a thing now. They're, like, well, they're popular. Looks, it's like Eric Church. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. Like Eric kinda, Church comparison. They kind of look like Oakley's a little bit. Ray Vance. Yeah. No, it's definitely some, it's like some foreign European okay. kind of thing, I think. But did you see the uh, the text conversation from, uh, I guess it was either uh, Phil Mickelson's wife's mom or someone's mom was texting his wife to relay information. Did you see that? No. The text said, Tina, text Philip. Tell him just go for par. Don't hit bombs or activate the calves. Just par. They have to catch him. <laughs> he does have a crazy pair of calves on him. They're, they're ridiculous. Don't, don't yeah. activate the calves. 
<laughs> That's great. I think the the beauty of the Phil thing is in that moment, you can kind of tell he felt like all of us would feel. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Kepka's ice cold. Mm-hmm. And so if he's leading by, you know, he's you don't have the sense that he, you think he's going to make every putt and hit every shot. Like mm-hmm. some people got mad at like Kepka collapse. I said Kepka collapse. He did on the middle holes to me, five through 12. Like when I tweeted it, he was down to two under par. And I think Phil was at like seven or eight, like maybe it was three under. He's five shots down mm-hmm. with like seven. The game was over mm-hmm. essentially. Now yeah. it wasn't ever really over. He comes back, he makes two birdies, but he, he, he shot himself out of the tournament. He's coming off knee surgery, all that stuff. But listen, if Mickelson had blown or played that way through 5 through 12, we would have said he collapsed. True. I mean, that's just what they, they set a standard for themselves, in my estimation. And um, you could say it was a, a gutty effort by Kepka to even be in position. That's fair. But by his standard, he had played terrible on that stretch of holes and, and then did make a couple birdies coming in at least to give it a shot and make it a game. But I think uh, – that's part of the thing with Phil. I think that deep breathing, like we would all been doing it. We'd have been trying. Somebody has to coax us into it. Like I, I mean, how, I asked Ty. I said, "How much would your hands be shaking on the last tee up by two on that golf course?" So I mean, cute. and yeah, I think we would. Like, think about the moments you've been in Start sports. Driving. Everybody's been in big moments where they're nervous and stuff, but that's next level. And See, even though he's been in a lot, and Ty was like, well, what's the pressure? He's already won five of them. Oh, I think there's an enormous amount of pressure on Mickelson. The, the Mickelson pressure was, first of all, everybody in that crowd wanted to see him win. Yeah. Everybody in their in their living room wanted to see him win. It was the narrative all week when he, when he got off to the quick start. And you have to know that Father Time might not allow you to do this ever again. And be in this position. So I think there was an enormous amount of pressure on Mickelson the last five, six, seven holes not to throw up all over himself. No, and, and that's – and listen, you know, once again, it is golf. It is what it is. But that's what I've always been so impressed about because, like, in football or in fighting, like, yeah, you're nervous and everything. But you can just kind of, like, grunt your way through it, you know, and, yeah. like, throw power at whatever you got to do. But golf, it's all about finesse and touch. And, like, to be in that moment with, like, all those – fans and everything and to have that kind of finesse and touch that's insane to me it's almost like shooting a free throw you know when the game's on the line too and we saw that i'm not sure if you watched the bucks game because you watch it Giannis went into a place he's never gone before but he, he was i'll be honest person to say he choked like he had the 10 second violation right before overtime on a free throw 10 second violation took too much time because like he was in his own head about when it. do they ever call that that's what i'm saying I didn't even know that. Like, I, I knew that was a thing, but I, I don't think I've ever seen that be called. Yeah. When was the last violation? time that's ever been called? Like, I, I don't know Elias, where are you? I, I don't know that was even a thing. Oh, you I, didn't? Oh, I mean, I did, but like... Like, I, when you grow up, you know it's a thing. Yeah. But I I don't so remember the last time you, I've seen that. But seriously, how does it take you 10 seconds to shoot a free well, throw? Like, so it does, and... So he bricked the first one, mm-hmm. and then he was in his own mind. So he's, and like, then, thinking about it. And then all of a sudden, he's not doing anything. I'm like, hey, man. Let's go, and then boom, they pulled the whistle on him. And of course, you know the bench is going crazy for Miami, but whatever, still won the game. And you but know, like, Jimmy Butler was chirping for sure. But like that, you, you see that though, Brent. Like you see some people just kind of crumble in the pressure situations, and some guys can remain calm. It's a, it's a crazy skill to have, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to characterize this the right way. I've been thinking about this a lot in the last twenty four hours. I think there was so much more pressure on Mickelson in that position because he was ahead and he had a bigger lead. And then it gets down to three and then it gets down to two. 
and you've got a tough golf course. I mean, there are double bogeys and triple bogeys and mm-hmm. bogeys out there. It is a hard course. And so, like, you would think, yeah, Brett, that's where you want to be. You want to be ahead in that spot. Well, yeah. no doubt. But it adds this enormous amount of pressure to be sure. ahead. Like, you'd much rather be the chaser. Yeah. And be like, hey, let's just let it all fly out. There's yeah. no expectations. Yeah, nothing to lose. So yeah. it's a, it's a, isn't that great about sports, though? Like, you want to be ahead, but with it comes all this pressure. That's what makes closing in Major League Baseball very difficult. You have to be a different animal. Yeah, yeah you want to be in that spot. You want one-run lead going into the ninth, but you got to be able to go finish the deal. For a lot sure. of pressure on you once those bases start getting filled. No line, That's huh? a beautiful thing about sports. I mean, uh, you know, and we've seen it. I mean, what happened to Atlanta in the Super Bowl? Seriously. They felt yeah. the pressure of being ahead, and all they were trying to do was hold the rope and hang on, yeah. and they couldn't. Yeah. It slipped. Yep. It's a wild thing. That was a fun day. Let's do it again tomorrow. Let's get it, man. Hey, by the way, the, the Jumbo Shrimp come home tomorrow. We might go out there live tomorrow for the show, but Can if you want to see like one of the big-time prospects in baseball, the Durham Bulls are coming to town. That's Wander yeah. Franco. Yeah. Tampa Bay Rays. Unbelievable process. Won't be, might be the only time you get a chance this week to see him. Do we have confirmation of what zoo animal is going to be on the outfield this <laughs> we week? We don't. Well, but I was I mean, thinking about it. And that makes you curious as well. It's in my head. Yes. Over, under, on giraffe. <laughs> is he back? It's. I doubt. I, I got a feeling the giraffe's gone. Wow. They said he comes and goes. I think he's gone. Really? I don't know. That's we'll a bummer, out. man. That's going to be one of the sad, like where that's a sad story go? of sports, though, if he's gone for good. Where'd he go? Hey, we'll see you on TV tonight, CBS 47 and Fox 30. Have a good night. Back at it tomorrow. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 at 3 p.m. If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com.